This podcast is brought to you by New Hope Baptist Church. For more information, visit the website newhope.net.au or follow us on social media. There were shepherds living in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their sheep at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. If I could commend one of God's Christmas gifts to all of us tonight, it would be the gift of the glory of the Lord shining around you, terror notwithstanding. It would be the gift of the glory of God. What is the glory of God? How can we image that? How can we understand that? One of the wonderful moments in the Christmas story. The angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel of the Lord said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy among all people. It is that good news and that great joy that comes with an experience of the glory of God. The glory of God is a concept that recurs again and again in the scriptures, and and we try to think of what it might be like to be standing in a field watching over sheep and suddenly enveloped in the glory of light, of of, of the glory of God, probably lots of lights, probably 10,000 fairy lights, probably a, a, a sense of something overwhelming and amazing, and it shone on them. I noticed something about the glory of God in the Christmas story. The glory of God is something that God can reveal to the shepherds, but it's also something that the angels, later on in their song, can ascribe to God. Glory to God in the highest, they sing, and peace on earth among human beings upon whom God's favor rests. The glory of God is something that we can give to God and something that God can show to us. So let's start by reflecting on ascribing glory to God. What does that, what does that mean? How, how, when do we ascribe glory? I want you to think about a ladder of ascribing thanks and praise and glory. Because they're all in the same family, but they're a little bit different. If I bring someone whom I love and respect and a good friend of mine and they've done something great in my, in my life, I might, I might say, I thank you. I, I might take that up a, ra- a, a kind of a, a, a step on the ladder and say, I praise you. And you're thinking, wow, this is quite a friend. What have they done? If I took that up the next level and said, I glorify you, you would scratch your head. It's, uh, some, something doesn't, what, that doesn't quite, quite work. Because glorifying seems to be in another category, doesn't it? It's, it's, another, it's another zone. Who do you ever glorify? When do you glorify? You thank someone for doing a good thing. You praise someone for being an incredible person. And you ascribe glory when there is great power involved. Glory has to do with great power. That's why kings and empires invite glory. 
We ascribe glory to, to people of magnanimous influence and import and strength and authority. That's why empires are often called glorious and why the rulers of big empires with lots of power might actually demand that their citizens give them honor and give them glory. Like Nebuchadnezzar of old who built a massive gold statue and said everybody needs to worship this, this image of my power. And empires do that. Now here's the problem in empires and power structures of our world. It's when the three things don't line up. It's when thank you and I praise you and I glorify you don't line up. It's when an empire or a, or a dark power or some force or some, some strength in the world that could break you says, I demand your glory. You need to glorify me. But you see no reason to praise and you have no reason to give thanks. When, a, when an empire or, a, or a, a, you know, a mighty strength wants to force your allegiance, but you think to yourself, you haven't done anything that has stirred my heart and caused me to give you thanks. You haven't done anything or become a person or become a soul that makes me want to praise you. That's where the problem is. That's where the problem is. There were shepherds living in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and they were terrified. Why were they terrified? Because they were experiencing the evidence of awesome power, and they didn't yet know whether this awesome power wished them good or evil. They were experiencing something overwhelming, and they were wondering, what is going to happen to us? You know, glory is one of the missing ingredients from secular Christmas celebration. There just isn't much glory. There's lots of thanks and a fair bit of praise, and we give presents to one another and say, thank you, you're, you're incredible, you're a great friend. And we might even give something significant to someone and start to praise them. You're just a beautiful soul. I mean, you've done great things again and again and again, and I want to praise you. But the glory is often gone out of Christmas because glory is about great power. Glory is about awesome power. And that's where the Christmas story sits in the Bible. Awesome power. And the shepherds, who are ill-educated and lowly in the status and not expecting anyone to turn up this Christmas and say, thank you very much for looking after the sheep. They don't expect any such thing. They're not looking for anyone to praise them. You guys are awesome shepherds. You're just so true to yourselves. You just go with that, run with that. You're amazing, you smelly shepherds. They weren't expecting anything. And they certainly weren't expecting a visit from royalty. They were not expecting uh, an encounter with majesty. They were not expecting the evidence of great power. That's what glory is. Glory, as, as, it, is, as it is revealed to us, is the evidence of great authority. Solomon, the king of ancient Israel, 
was glorious. The Queen of Sheba came to visit him, and he spent the whole day showing her his glory, his wealth, his knowledge, his possessions. And she was overwhelmed, it says in the book of Kings. She was overwhelmed because she saw the glory of a great and powerful king. And what did she do? She ascribed to him glory. She added to his glory. She gave him wealth, and she gave him honor. Because where there is glory, it tends to multiply. And this great glory speaks of authority and power. These shepherds were not expecting a visit from majesty. They were not expecting an encounter with great power. So when great power visits them, they are terrified because they don't know the intentions of this glory. And it's the words out of the angel's mouth that are the good news. The, 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 you don't need to be afraid, the angel says. Yes, this is the creator of the universe shining around you, and you do not need to be afraid. This is the most powerful power in the universe that has come to evidence God's self in your presence. And you don't need to be afraid. Do you know why? It has all to do with the intention of this power. Great power to achieve what? Great power to what end? That's the question. And this great power is to save you. You will encounter this great and glorious power in a manger. Go and look for him. You'll find him wrapped up in baby clothes. You'll find him an infant, and this is the Messiah. And this Messiah will live for you and die for you and rise again for you. This Messiah is the great power. God's heart come to you. Let me tell you when glory is wonderful. When you can say, I thank you, I praise you, I glorify you. When all three line up, then it's beautiful. Great and glorious power, mighty strength to what end? That's what I want to know. And I'm quaking in my shoes until I understand. And then the angel says, to this end, to bless you and to keep you and to shine upon you to take you out of the brokenness of this world and clean up the mess, saving your soul and filling your life with an abundance overwhelming. To what end? To save you and to bring peace to all of humankind. And that is why the angels were rejoicing and why the shepherds go and check the whole thing out and why they leave the presence of the baby Jesus and Mary and Joseph and this incredible scene rejoicing and praising God. Their hearts are full of thanksgiving. I wish you glory this Christmas. Not simply better Christmas cards and brighter lights, I'm talking about the evidence of awesome power. I'm talking about the reality of the presence of God in your life, in your world. Glory this Christmas. Glory big enough to risk terror. 
I wouldn't wish you terror if I didn't know the good news. I wouldn't wish you glory. But because I know the good news, I wish you glory. That something of the power and presence of God would shine around you this Christmas. Seek it. Pursue it. Long for it. Open your life to it. And know that God's glory still touches the earth. God's glory still shines around families. God's glory still impacts and heals lives. And it does not need in any way to terrify you because this glory, this power comes into our world and takes the most difficult assignment at the greatest cost to majesty in the shape of a cross so that we can know the love and rescue of God. This is glory, the glory of God. May it come to your heart. May it come to your family. May it come to your life this season. And so the shepherds went saying to one another, let's go and see this thing which the angels have talked about. And they found the baby in a manger with Mary and Joseph. And they praised God and told everybody they could find about the thing that they had seen. Glory surrounded them and God's goodness come to rescue us all. Let's pray together. Loving God, how we thank you for this incredible narrative of hope and peace and the mighty power of the living God, the glory of your goodness shining around these ancient shepherds. Lord, that glory is in our world still. That glory is in our city still. That glory is visiting families and individual hearts and systems and communities this Christmas. That evidence of the power of an almighty God focused on the salvation of a people in need. This is Christmas and we praise you. This is the reason for our joy and our song. This is the center of our hope. Oh, loving God, come to us in glory this Christmas. Can I invite you to stand to your feet? And as we prepare to sing, can I just ask you to do an inventory, a Christmas inventory? Let's check off a few things, shall we? Have you bought presents for the people you love and things are in order, just internally? Tick. And if you haven't done that, you are forgiven. It'll be okay. Go through your list. Is the food ready? Things in place? Check your inner world. Are you in a good space? Are you, are you Mr. Grumpy? Um, this, no, no, we erase that. And check your spirit. Check your soul. Check your life before God. It's the thing that matters most this Christmas. Are you standing in the glory of the living God, knowing that the creator of the universe has come to find you, to heal you, to embrace you, and to take you into his eternal home? This is Christmas. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.